It's a big week for Jersey's politicians. Yes, politics fans, it's time for the common strategic policy. If you like to talk, it's manna from heaven. Very high level, the chance for lots of chat, lots of hobby horses, perhaps not much in the way of detailed decision making. If you like uplifting words like, together we will make Jersey a thriving community, this is the place for you. Much of it you'll have heard before, but the hope is, in the words of the famous England World Cup song, this time, more than any other time, they'll get it right. In the Ron Greenwood role in the Politics Pod studio this week is a veteran of those previous tournaments. It'll be home turf for him as he pushes the cause of safe travel routes and more green space in town. Joining me, James Filial, is St Helier Constable Simon Crowcroft. No creative tactics for him, though. It's good old-fashioned 442, as he argues for less congestion on the roads, more space to breathe, and better facilities for kids. What's not to like? Will this be his time to shine? Oh, and we have another blaster in the past this week in the removal of GST on food. Ministers will be hoping to kick it into row Z once again. But this is a new assembly. There's a cost of living crisis. Will this be the time for backbenchers to finally get this administration underway and cause an upset? Constable Crowcroft, thanks for joining me. So firstly, do you hold uh, any success, any hope of success for your plans this week? You said that similar moves in the past haven't happened. Why is this different? I've asked the government to do something about the difficulty of walking and cycling, particularly around St Helier, uh, after years of saying they're going to have an active travel strategy. Um, and that actually that amendment has been accepted by the government, so up to that point, yes, it's good. Uh, it doesn't, of course, mean anything because they've accepted that as a strategic objective for the last 25 years that I've been asking about it. So I think for me it'll be a matter of what happens in, in the government plan and whether there is significant funding for putting in the sort of cycle routes and walking routes that are required so, by people. Look, so, so what's happening? I mean, the obvious question people are asking hearing that is, what has gone wrong? You say this is kind of motherhood and apple pie stuff, you know, we, we all agree this. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And it's um, a source of Im- immense frustration to me that, that I have to keep banging on about things that in most other jurisdictions have been progressed years ago. I mean, the government in the UK have had a walking strategy for 20 years. Um, I've recently been in France, uh, in the city of Lyon, where every single junction has a pedestrian right of way and a crossing. And every single road has a safe route for cyclists, segregated from traffic, and indeed um, for for scooters, electric scooters, which of course uh, people are saying, what about them? Um, It's interesting that a lot of the letters I get and emails I get are about cyclists. You know, people, it's probably the third thing people hate most after um, dog fouling um, and speeding is cyclists on the pavement. I get a lot, lot of calls about that. And what we've been waiting for for years from this government and previous governments is a cycling strategy which actually tells people where they can and can't cycle, joins up the bits of, of routes that are around the island, uh, and provides those segregated uh, cycle paths that would allow a lot, lot of people to cycle who currently don't feel safe getting on two wheels. So look, what are the blocks? Give us the top three blocks now. Can you name them? 
Uh, well, the blocks to that would be clearly funding. There is no funding, as far as I'm aware, in the uh, infrastructure budget for it. Uh, there are no staff to implement it. I think they've only got a couple of people dealing with transport, and most of their work is being done dealing with the kind of bread and butter uh, things that have to be dealt with by transport consultants. Um, and I think the other thing is there's a lack of political will from from government. But does that change this week? So explain what happens to people. The common strategic policy, if they've accepted your amendments, these these amazing words suddenly get inserted into it. What happens? Yeah, I think nothing will happen unless the government plan also includes funding. That's why I'm going to be tabling an amendment to the government plan to get the funding so that these walking and cycle routes can be can be put in. Clearly, we haven't got the staff to do it here, but there are loads of people um, who can do it. Sustrans, for example, has been working in almost every UK city to, to develop safe cycle routes. And a lot of people in, in the UK and indeed in France and other European countries can cycle safely. And it, it's such an important thing to do. So look, does, does this debate this week, we gave it a big build-up, do, does it actually matter at all? It's lovely words. But as you said yourself, the funding isn't the same thing. It's not part of it. Does it even matter? Well, I think it you know it matters in, in the sense that when I go to the government plan, I will be able to point to the comments by the Council of Ministers that say that this is really important. Um, so hopefully this time, uh, and I've said it before, but hopefully this time something will happen. Okay. I mean, if we move on slightly to the government plan uh, debate, um, Country Park has been an interesting topic, which has been around for a while. In the Bridging Island plan, it asks for uh, the Country Park to be developed. It asks for the Country Park plan to be brought forward. It's not there so far. Do you see, why is that? No, it's one of the big disappointments of the common strategic policy for me was that the only reference to increasing open space is, wait for it, not in St Helier at all, it's in St Lawrence, um, increasing the size of Coronation Park. Um, so that, you know, that that's all well and dandy if you're a deputy for that district. But what about the bulk of people who live and work in St Helier who want to see their open space protected but also increased? Um, so I was yeah, very disappointed not to see the uh, either the extension of the Millennium Town Park or indeed the creation of a new St Helier country park at Warwick Farm. Neither of those are referred to in the Common Strategic Policy. OK, how do you change that? Well, again, they've, they're going to accept the principle of more open space. What I need to do in the government plan is to come in with, with specific amendments to make sure that the country park is not quietly dropped by government and to make sure that increasing open space uh, is also something that is actually actually happening. Okay, so just walk me through that step by step because this this is a lot of plans and strategies for people who you know aren't are maybe new to politics in Jersey, you know, to understand all of this. So this week you get the the commitment for greater open space. It's a very broad, very generalised, uh, lovely word, brilliant. After that, in the government plan debate, you're going to bring a specific amendment to do what? I'm going to bring an amendment to make sure that the government honours the commitment made in the Bridging Island Plan to have a feasibility study into how Warwick Farm can be turned into a country park. Feasibility study? Uh, yeah, that, that'll... But not to do it? Well, I think, I think it can't be done straight away because there are current tenants there. But what, we need to do some work. While those tenants' lease is expiring, we need to do the work on what will this country park look like? How will it be funded? How will people get to it? Uh, what sort of activities will it include? So it, it's a very exciting part of the project. I'm really keen to get on with it. And again, I was disappointed not to see it in, in the, the planning of the government. So I have to put it in myself as a backbencher. So feasibility study, Country Park, Warwick Farm. What about extension of Town Park? The extension of the Town Park is complicated because the Bridging Island Plan, in two amendments, one by Deputy Warden, one by 
uh, in a gardener, a deputy in a gardener. Both, both of them said that, that the land that Andium have, I think in a very visionary step, said should be used for an extension of the town park. Uh, they've said that should have the first uh, call on that land should be the creation of a new primary school. So that, that's, a more, that's a more difficult thing to do because the Bridging Island Plan now stands in my way of extending the town park, which is what I think you know, thousands of people want to do, um, particularly in the light of all these new um, units of accommodation that are being on, announced almost on a daily basis. We heard just at the weekend the Apollo has, has, has um, welcomed its last guests. That will become housing. Uh, the Mayfair is going to be housing, uh, and so on and so forth. There's going to be thou- over a 1,000 new units in the area of the town park, and I think it will be the height of folly not to pursue the extension of the town park in the way that I've been calling for for nearly a decade. So what are you going to do specifically? What needs to change to get that green space in that area of town? Well, I think there are two things that need to be done. First of all, there needs to be a public desire for that. And, and, and you know, there need, need to be more people who are up in arms about the fact that while they love Millennium Park, they know that it is very small. It's almost cheek by jowl in summer. Uh, and this unique opportunity to extend it it cannot be made up. And what the government are going to offer, I think, is a number of little pocket parks here and there. So they say, well, look, we'll, we'll replace Springfield School and we'll put a park there. We'll put a park somewhere else. Uh, the trouble is that, um, you know, two and two doesn't make four when it comes to parks. It, 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 it makes six or eight. If you extend the existing town park with the land that is immediately adjacent to it, you get a much bigger town park than just adding little bits of green space here and there because it's somewhere that children in particular but others as well unfit adults like me can actually go for a jog and have a, have a meaningful walk at the, at the moment you'd have to go around the town park lots of times to do a kilometer quite honestly depends how fit you are i guess but where would you put the school though if you do that i i don't think there's a problem in finding sites for schools i mean the the, the government are saying there is a problem, but it, it depends on what kind of school you're looking for. I mean, for example, they're saying that, that it must be somewhere that people can walk within 10 minutes. Well, we all know that isn't going to happen, or what, for one reason, because there aren't any walking routes. It's not safe to allow primary school children to walk on their own to school. Uh, but, but the other reason is that we know that a lot of people will continue to drive their children to school. It's what, it's what people do. And, you know, who am I to stop them doing it? I think there, there will always be a certain number of people who, if they're driving it to work, you know, for them, that's quite a precious time of day they spend with their children in okay. the car. So the, so the school will go somewhere else, but you're not quite sure where? I think we can find somewhere. Where there's a will, there's a way. And, of course, the, the government has known that they need to replace Rouge Boyle School for years because the deputies and the constable have been asking for it. And the question I put to government recently is, if Millennium Town Park extension, the Jersey gas site, was not there, where would you be looking at? And, of course, they have been looking at other sites but as soon as they got the possibility to have a virgin site to develop for us, uh, you know, all singing, all dancing school, because there's nothing the government likes more than building new schools. I mean, we've seen it happen uh, in, in the secondary area. Um, uh, so I think as soon as you, you say there's a site, that, of course, the, the civil service are spending all their time and energy on designing up this new school to fit, fit on the Jersey gas site. What, what the government should have said is, look, that isn't available. Open space is too important in the town centre. Go and look somewhere else, but really look somewhere else. Do you, do you not get the, the worry, though, that you're fighting a losing battle with this stuff? I mean, every site which becomes available at St Helier, uh, you know, <laughs> there are so many different ways you could use it. Everyone's got a view. It becomes very difficult to develop. Do you not get a feeling you, you're fighting the losing battle trying to create a lot more green space in somewhere as, as tight and as constricted as St Helier is becoming? 
I think that's why it's so important. You know, what I'm saying to my colleagues on the States is try and look forward. Try and look forward 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. You know, people will look back then and they'll see this part of St. Helia as, as a, you know, so many new dwellings there around this tiny little park they call the Millennium Town Park. We're barely, you know, a couple of decades into the new millennium and already there's this reluctance to increase the amount of open space available to islanders. In 100 years' time, if we achieve this, I know there'll be a lot of people who'll be very happy because... The key thing about the Jersey gas site is it unlocks that route from the town centre through uh, Money Penny Lane, which, which again, another bit of visionary planning we have coming up past the new primary and across the town park, uh, up, in, uh, hopefully a safe route across St Saviour's Road, up to the colleges. So you could have people walking to the colleges and down back to the bus station really easily through this green corridor. Uh, and you're not going to get that. Of course, government will say we're still going to provide the walking route around this uh, new primary school we're going to build, but it won't be the same. Okay, um, all right. Maybe you need a secret ring binder to get it through as it wasn't uh, done in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that, that would be certainly helpful. Okay, all right. Let me take you to another controversial site, which is the fort. Um, it, no mention that we can see in the government plan for funding for fort redevelopment in 2023. How do you feel about that? Yeah, again, it's um, it's disappointing. And previous governments have spent quite a lot of time and money on on developing master plans for the fort. Um, the, there's there's a lot of potential up there for uh, open space for St Helier residents, but also for visitors to Jersey. Uh, and I think there's an increasing awareness that one of the things that, things that appeals to tourists coming to Jersey is the fact that we have this uh, almost embarrassed the castle, the chateau. I mean, we have so many castles here in Jersey that a lot of places in the UK would give their eye teeth for. Um, so why not make more of the tourism attraction up there in terms of people wanting to come and see a Napoleonic fort? Uh, I think there's a good argument for that. But there's also a good argument for um, other other facilities. We, we desperately need in, in St Helier and in Jersey, we need a concert hall come conference centre. We need somewhere where you can have a big concert um, or have a big conference. And, and the, the, the fort is being touted as a potential place to do that but again it's not on the government's priority list which is disappointing because I think it should be. But you're not going to bring an amendment in relation to fort funding in 2023? No because I think you can't do everything um, you know and I'm sort of choosing my battles for this government plan and and I think uh, certainly government have said they are going to be looking at the fort. The Regeneration Steering Group which has traditionally been looking at that and that consists of ministers uh, and 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 I have a seat on it as well that's going to be looking at it as well. Uh, they've changed the name to Future Places, which I wasn't consulted about, and I find it's a bit disappointing. It's a bit like calling the meeting, you know, the, the group Jam Tomorrow, I think. But let's, you know, let's be positive. We're only a few months into the new government. Let's hope that Fort Regent will be on their agenda uh, in the new year and that they will start to get together some ideas for it. Okay, we're going to talk about St Helier more generally in a second, but I want to bring you to one final controversial size or sites, which is the hospital. So, you know, obviously recently we've had this move towards a multi-site option rather than a single site at Overdale. What's your view on that as the constable? I've never had an objection to Overdale as a site for the hospital. I've supported it in the past. Uh, and indeed, I supported the funding request when it came to the states because the states by that stage had decided upon their scheme. What I have fought against passionately and consistently is the, the notion that to get to Overdale, you have to destroy a very important part of St Helier in terms of its environment and its heritage uh, and indeed impacting on local residents as well. So uh, when the new government came forward and said, 
we're not going to be pursuing uh, the road, the superhighway, if you like, the destruction of Jersey Bowling Club, um, the loss of Pearson's Bluff, that, that rocky outcrop that Pearson gathered his troops at in 1781. You know, that was tremendous news to me, and I, w- I was delighted about that. But if the government had said we're going to build the hospital at Overdale without doing those what I consider unnecessary road improvements, uh, then I wouldn't have had a problem with that. So I'm, I'm slightly, you know, torn here because the government is talking about a multi-site option and people be beginning to say, well, there are certain downsides involved in a multi-site option. Uh, there was something in a way quite impressive about the idea of having a single-site hospital that would administer to the bulk of the island's health needs uh, and, and one which would sit proudly above St Helier and which we would look at as a source of of reassurance and comfort, you know, as people do in Oxford, for example. I've given the example before of the John Radcliffe Hospital where I, I was for a while during my youth, and, and not in the hospital, but I was, I was living in Oxford, and, and seeing the hospital on the hill is not a problem for me um, if it is the best hospital that's available for the community. OK, so which way are you going to go with it, though? So with the, uh, there's a proposition that's going to come to the States to essentially go uh, back to the uh, to stick with what you've already decided and stick with Overdale or go down this multi-site route? Which way do you well, go? It, it will completely depend on whether the uh, Deputy Farnham's proposition rules out the possibility of that collateral damage to Westmount Road, the bowling club, people's homes, the trees and so on. But how else could you do it, though? You've got to get emergency services up to the top of the hill. Yeah, but you know, the, the, when they did the study, they, they couldn't find much difference, actually, between the, what they called the do-nothing option and the you know Southampton-style superhighway. So, so there, there, I think a lot, uh, perhaps too much fuss is made about the risk involved in two ambulances meeting on the hairpin bend. Let's face it, you can you can design out that from happening. And we talked uh, as a parish. We said, well, look at using digital um, means of making sure you don't have crashes. Um, ironically the 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 need for that superhighway was driven by the government saying we've got to have walking and cycling routes to the hospital but of course they didn't have any network of walking and cycling in St Helier from which that would come which I think weakened their argument and the the other point was that coming down the hill although they would provide you a cycle route going up to the hospital coming down you'd have to join the traffic and what kind of sustainable active travel system is that what would you prefer on the current site would you prefer it to to stay as a hospital or would you prefer it for homes or a park i think the current site the general hospital works and one of the great advantages of the previous scheme that was not not it's difficult talking about the schemes but the one that involved uh improving the gloucester street site was that people are used to it being there um people a lot of people walk to hospital a lot of the hospital workers were able to walk to hospital so I think Gloucester Street definitely worked. Um, and, you know, an extension to that site, if it can be done without uh, causing immense harm to the, the existing patients, and that was clearly one of the key drivers for the rescindment that Deputy Labby brought, um, then I think that would work. But, but as I say, I, I, I would be comfortable with a, a single-site option at Overdale, but only if St Helier was spared the kind of collateral damage. And if that happened, what would you put on the current site? I think the, the current site should be, we, we should be considering all kinds of uses for it. I mean, open space, although we do have parade gardens and people's park in the area, I wouldn't be saying the whole of it has to be a park, but I would be saying, can we have some civic amenities there? Possibly the National Gallery that the island has been uh, talked about before, uh, possibly education facilities. It may be a place where you could put some schooling, for example, that we're told there is no other place than the Jersey gas site. Uh, so there, it, it would have a number of uses, and I don't think we can tie the hands of a future assembly now by saying what we want to see there. 
Okay. All right. I mean, I said it's going to be a big week in, in Jersey politics with the common strategic policy. Obviously, we've got um, GST on food coming back yet again to the States Assembly this week. Which way are you going to go? I, I brought to the States the, the original petition against GST and argued very um, forcefully against having it. I, I, I believed then it was an unnecessary tax and it was just an excuse to grow the amount of consultants that the states were using to grow the number of civil servants. So I, I, I don't believe in, in GST as a, At all. Is, is necessary. Uh, and I think it was so important to the tourism industry to to be able to say um, to our tourists, you know, there's no, no VAT, no GST in Jersey. And I was, you know, I'm watching Guernsey closely to see whether they make the same mistake that we did, because I think it is a mistake. But having said that, you know, as, as some politicians say, we are where we are. Well, well hang on, but before, before we move on to the GST on food bits, if you if you didn't have GST, where would that revenue come from? Well, part of the revenue would come by not wasting money the way the, I mean, the states waste so much money. And it, I used to bang on about it in the states. Now I just focus on trying to make sure that the parish of St Helier doesn't waste money because I that you know that's my my, my job in that respect. And in any case, having been a you know a prophet of doom back in the early noughties and and, and saying. Uh, to ministers that you're wasting money, it didn't make any difference. And you look at the number of communications, if I can mention that in this in this room. You know that that I think there were three when I started in the states, and they're now over thirty. Um, so I I believe the states could have wasted much less money than it has done. Um, but you know we are where we are. Just give me a quick example. If you ruled the world, what's wasted you would remove tomorrow? Uh, I think I think there are an awful lot of things the government does which it needn't do. Such as uh, one of the reasons I, uh, you know, I'm so keen on having a, a parish council or a town council for St Helier is that we could do a lot of the stuff that government thinks they should be doing. What, why is government running car parks? Uh, it doesn't do it anywhere else. Why is it running a market? These these are things that parish authorities could be doing, and it would it would grow the role of the parishes as well as relieving, relieving the government of, of, of all that unnecessary. Uh, bureaucracy and red tape. So St Helier ratepayers could pay as ratepayers, not taxpayers? Well, you know, I wouldn't want to see the cost transfer, but I just think that there are there are ways that we can do things more efficiently than government. I think we've proved that over the last, you know, X number of years. Okay. All right. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to talk about GST on food. Yeah, GST on food is, is superficially an attractive idea. But, um, you know, now that we've got the tax in, and, and much as I dislike it, I don't think tinkering with it is a good idea. I mean, not least because the people who spend most on food are rich people. So if if you if you let them off the tax, um, then they're the greatest winners. And there are there are other ways to 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 assist people who who can't afford the increases in food than tackling GST. Hang, hang on a minute, I'm I'm misunderstanding here. So you wouldn't have GST at all, but now you've got it, you're going to keep it on food. Yeah, if someone brought a proposition to abolish GST, I'd, I'd go with that, but. But they're not. They're, they're bringing an amendment to tinker with the system that we already have. But if you don't want GST, surely the fewer things that it's on, the better. Uh, well, you know, that's an opinion. I, I just happen to think that, that you know, I, I was thinking of bringing an amendment to stop GST on books because it bothers me that we pay tax on books here, whereas they don't in the UK. Um, but, you know, we, if we keep putting things in this, in this shopping basket of amendments, the tax is going to get more expensive to, to administer. Uh, and I, th- I think we'd be far better off saying, look, let's just um, reconsider whether we really need this. I used to call it the sort of ministerial cash machine, that, that ministers could go to this cash machine that GST provides to to uh, make up for their overspending. OK, all right. I mean, one other thing I wanted to mention to you, we've had the opening this week of a new big uh, uh, development on, on the high street in St Helier. I, I, is that the direction of travel at the moment? Do you see positivity there? 
Yeah, I'm enormously encouraged. I had my first walk around uh, the shop, and it's probably not allowed to mention the, the brand, but but here's private investment, multi-million pound private investment uh, in properties in St. Helier. And um, it's not just the one we're talking about, which is fab- fabulous, but um, several high street chains which have closed in the UK and are still empty in UK towns across the UK were snapped up in Jersey, and some of them didn't even go to market. So you have Hetich, for example, of, can I mention a old-fashioned local jeweler? <laughs> I think you already have. Move, moving across to much bigger premises. Uh, and, and that's happening all over St. Helier, not just the big firms, but, but, but we've got a lot of small local firms who are moving into the, uh, the, the properties that are vacated by, by other moves. And, and the whole um, scenario in St. Helier is extremely positive, particularly when you think of the pressure on retail from uh, internet shopping, for example, and, you, and all the other pressures on retailers and on hospitality businesses. You've got you know, the opening of a new restaurant right in the heart of town, which is... Again, tremendous asset for St. Helia. So, yes, I'm enormously positive about the direction of travel for St. Helia. Okay. Councillor Crowcroft, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Simon Crowcroft, and that was the Politics Pod. Hit Bailiwick Express or the Digital JEP for this pod and the rest of the pod family. As well as politics, we also do a weekly news pod. And of course, our websites, emails and the paper will keep you fully informed throughout the week. You can find the pods hanging out with their pod friends in all the usual pod places. And if you like it, please share it on social, purge yourself, say you love it. It really makes a difference. But for now, from me, from James Filial, thanks for listening and see you again next week.